The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. As always, we are continuing on our discussions during this NFL offseason. We're not too far away from seeing football returning in some capacity. We're getting closer and closer to things continually opening up and eventually maybe having some mini camps, some team scheduled events. But in the meantime, we have plenty of time for you folks to predict, analyze, break down all the things about this Giants roster and everything you need to know. As we previously alluded on the last show when we finished breaking down every single draft pick by the Giants player by player. We are now going to be talking about every single position group for the Giants, talking about all the players that you need to know in that position group, the guys that will likely make the final roster for this Giants team come the end of training camp and the very end of the preseason. So on today's show, we're going to be doing the quarterback position group Five guys on this unit that are essentially, not all of them, but a good amount of them are going to be fighting to make this roster as the third and second string quarterbacks behind Daniel Jones. So Chris, this is a really interesting situation for the Giants, considering the fact it's the first time we're not going to see Eli Manning in this quarterback room in some capacity. Instead, we already can affirm that Daniel Jones is the guy going forward. We know that for a fact, but we have a couple interesting veterans now sitting behind Daniel Jones, and it seems like for the first time in a, in a while, we've got some really good competition for this backup role for the Giants uh, quarterback situation. Yeah, for a long time, the longest time really, it was just a given that Eli Manning would be there. I, he was the Giants quarterback for longer than Big Blue View existed. And it's going to be weird not having him there, not seeing number 10 throwing two receivers, not seeing him uh, you know, under or behind center. And also for a, for a long time, the concept of a backup quarterback was really you know, who is going to hold the clipboard and tell Eli after a series what he saw from a defense? Because 
if Eli was there, he was going to be playing. He was the Iron Man. Yes, he got hurt, but he never missed a game due to injury. And really, the backup quarterback was kind of almost a caddy for Eli. Now, the backup quarterback position takes on a takes on a different significance. We obviously hope that Daniel Jones will be a, an Iron Man like Eli that if they're, you know, whoever is the primary backup will never have to come out and try to win a game because the starter can't finish the game. But now we have this now having a veteran quarterback is also kind of having a another teacher, another quarterback's coach, not a caddy, but a guy who can talk to Jones and tell him, you know, what he saw, give him advice. Uh, a guy who can help Jones develop as a starting quarterback. It certainly is very different this year. Like you said, it's no longer a guy that is sitting there holding the clipboard and then being a reliable player in the event that Eli Manning gets hurt. There were also times where. We saw with Davis Webb for a brief period of time, Kyle Lalletta, um, a number of guys that were drafted as developmental projects that either turned out to be backups or hopefully could have developed into uh, a, a young starter to replace Eli Manning. Those guys didn't really pan out, and the Giants finally decided to take Daniel Jones to be that quarterback of the future. So instead of that, it is now a fact of, all right, we need someone in here that is experienced, that's been around for a, a decent amount of time, and that can work with Daniel Jones and help him to some extent. Even though Joe Judge has said, we're not bringing in guys to, to act as coaches, but the quarterback position group, I think, is very different than some of these other position groups. You need a dynamic where a guy that can walk Daniel Jones through his mistakes and answer maybe questions that the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach can't always answer if they're not available to. You just want to have that that extra piece of experience, that, uh, that additional point of view and perspective from someone who's been in the league for an extended period of time. And we've got a number of those guys that are going to be vying for that backup spot and also for that third string spot if the Giants do decide to keep a third player. It's also not the case of what the, the Chicago Bears have right now, which is bringing in someone to compete with a current young quarterback or like the Raiders where they're doing something similar where it's Marcus Mariota versus Derek Carr. This is instead Daniel Jones we know is the established starter, which is good to, to have some confidence going in with a guy and knowing who it is and then finding someone to play behind him. But Chris, talking about the first guy, the first obvious guy, the most important guy on this list on today's show, Daniel Jones is an important name. And I think that we're starting to see more and more people willing to recognize Jones for what he can be, what he can do in this second year. And some people are also speculating he could be that quarterback in this second year sophomore group that has a huge step up like we've seen from guys like like Josh Allen and, and others that have stepped up in their second year in the past but he played in 12 games last year missed some time due to injury missed some time because Eli Manning started some games Chris what, how do you think his progression is going to look with Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator you know in a lot of ways Jones is almost a rookie again yeah, he's not exactly a rookie. He's a 
he's more seasoned than he was coming out of college because he at least has seen NFL defenses. He's experienced the speed of the league, all the different types of coverages and games and all the things that an NFL defense can throw at a quarterback that they just don't see in college. So he isn't a rookie in that sense, but he is going to be getting into a new offense and kind of like a rookie draftee. He hasn't had the time with the coaching staff because of just the way this offseason has been. This has been a very different offseason. This is anything but normal. So he hasn't been able to get with the coaching staff. They've had to make do with virtual meetings. There is going to be, I think, much more of a learning curve than you normally see from a second-year quarterback. So, you know, I, I think maybe just a little bit difficult to really project what what and how he can progress just because of there's there's just so much unknown this is a very different offense from what he ran in college and very different offense from what he ran last year under Pat Shermer and just not having the resources available to him that a quarterback normally does this time of year you know he's not really you know throwing routes with his receivers he's not in the same room as his offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. So I think we do have to recognize that this is just very different and it is at least a little bit like being a rookie all over again. This is definitely such an odd situation that Jones is going to be dealing with. It's tough to establish and grow a rapport as the starting quarterback, the guaranteed starting quarterback with the remainder of your teammates when you're doing it through a Zoom meeting. So there is a bit of a learning curve, and I think that it'll probably be probably be a tough year for some of these second-year guys and also for a lot of rookies because they're not getting that access to on-field reps as much as you typically would early on in this process. But Chris, I do think that it is a little bit fair to be optimistic, and I don't want to sound like I'm being blindly optimistic, but I'm I'm fairly optimistic that I think Daniel Jones will take a positive step forward. Not like a Mitchell Trubisky step forward into his second year where he just looked better, but a, a highly productive one. We saw all these really good things that he put on tape, which is fitting the ball into tight windows, having decisive decision making, understanding uh, you know what, what to do and, and where to be and, and, and where everything around him was going to be doing uh, going on, but just needing to work on his pocket presence and understanding where pressure would be coming from. But the reason why I'm optimistic about this progression from Daniel Jones is that if you look at the context of Jason Garrett and in his time with the Dallas Cowboys, he took two guys that weren't first round selections and turned them into top quality starters despite not having the greatest traits to play the quarterback position. Tony Romo came out of Eastern Illinois. Dak Prescott was a fourth rounder out of Mississippi State. Neither of these guys were top sixth overall drafted quarterbacks and they were able to work within the system with the pieces around him. Albeit they had better resources, but still, maybe not this year. He takes a huge, huge leap forward. But if they continue to progress and improve that offensive line, you could see continual progression for Daniel Jones. I just think circumstantially with the context of what we've seen Jason Garrett do with quarterbacks, it's pretty promising considering that Garrett's essential um 
biggest impact would likely be with the quarterback position. Yeah, now, I'd just like to qualify. I am, or I was, a big fan of Dak Prescott's coming out. I think the NFL kind of fell asleep on him as just, oh, another running quarterback from a spread option team. He did improve quite a bit in his time, Mississippi State, comparing his first years as a starter to where he was when he was drafted. Obviously, the hope is that Jones is able to work on those things like his pocket presence, his uh, the speed at which he make, made his decisions. Because you know, we saw at times last year, it almost looked like he would get hung up on his reads. Uh, he wouldn't make those move through his progressions really as quickly as he probably should have or could have. So those are things I think he really does need to improve on for this offense just because of the differences between what Pat Shermer ran and what Jason Garrett runs. Uh, For our listeners who don't know, uh, Pat Shermer's offense was based on the West Coast scheme. That's not a secret. That's not news. Basically, the way he constructed it was there were, it divided the field in half and there were two separate passing concepts called, this is most plays, where there would be a concept designed to beat man coverage on one side and a concept designed to beat zone coverage on the other. So what the quarterback had to do is basically identify the coverage and then throw to whatever side was going to have the passing concept to beat it. What Jason Garrett runs is basically an air choreal offense, uh, similar to what Norv Turner runs, what uh, Mike Martz ran under the uh, or with the Los Angeles Rams is the greatest show on turf. It is a full field offense. He's you know going through all of the receivers, all of the eligible receivers who are you know actually running routes designed to be thrown to. Jones will have to get through those reads, and it is a vertical offense. So it's deci- it's designed to stretch the defense vertically, which will take pressure out of the box and hopefully open things up underneath. So there is going to be more of a mental load on Jones. And I think that is the area in which he's going to have to improve the most. He's going to have to get get comfortable making more than one or two reads on a play. And he's going to have to get comfortable getting through his reads quickly. Now that that is going to take some getting used to for him for him because those are things he really hasn't had to do yet. He didn't have to do that in college because yeah, as much as uh, yeah, David Cutcliffe gets credit for being a pro-style quarterbacks coach, he didn't run a pro-style offense at Duke. He ran a one or two read RPO offense, and then you know making the transition from that to a Pat Shermer's offense. There's at least some things that are kind of sort of similar. This is going to be a very different offensive experience this year for Jones. So I I do want to kind of temper my enthusiasm for you know, how big of a jump he can make and what kind of a jump he makes, I think really will come down to how much improvement he can make in the the processing aspect of being a quarterback. I really like that you pointed out the fact that there's going to be a little bit more of a a mental load on Daniel Jones because there's a lot more that goes into being able to properly run this offense as the man under center. And I, I think the other thing too that, taking a look at what the air Coriala is going to mean for Daniel Jones is that, like you said, it's going to be a lot more spread out. It's going to be about stretching the field 
opening things up. It's not going to be what we saw last year with Pat Shermer, which it seemed like it was, um, you know, throwing the ball two to three times in a series at the beginning of a series and then running it on, on, on second and long and that not generating uh, any additional yards. Instead, we're probably going to get a little bit more of very deep passing concepts to get the ball out, stretch the field, try to spread out a defense, um, try and pick up yards in those those splash play style of of, um, of 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 moving the ball and getting it downfield. Chris, for in terms of the the, the talking about the guys that are are his backups that look like that are are going to be candidates for this backup spot. The first one we have to talk about is Colt McCoy, the free agent that they signed from the Washington Redskins, who's played 10 years in the NFL, former first-rounder, 33-year-old quarterback, and he has started 28 games in his career. Now, Colt McCoy has not really lived up to the expectation that I think a lot of people expected from him when he came out of Texas. Some thought he was going to translate and become a really good professional quarterback, and that didn't end up working out with him as he, as he struggled early on with the Cleveland Browns. However, though, what he's been able to do is be a spot starter as a backup and be a, a pretty good one. We've seen him come in and step in and play for guys that have gotten hurt over him, and he's been able to go out there, contribute, win football games. Like he's done that a couple of times with the Washington Redskins over the, over the past when. Kirk Cousins and some of these other guys were getting hurt when he was the backup there. Yeah, Colt McCoy is he is an interesting quarterback. You know, he's I think he's about as good a backup as you could ask for. He's maybe not Ryan Fitzpatrick who just has this ability to be a backup and then get on the field and spontaneously elevate his play to Ryan Fitz magic levels at least for a game or two. Colt McCoy is a He's very experienced, as you said. He's a 10-year veteran. He has played a lot of football. He has seen pretty much everything the NFL is is going to throw at him. Yeah, it, It's kind of funny. Just before the lockdowns happened, I happened to be at a bar, and they had one of Colt McCoy's games from when he was at Texas on the TV, and it was... I. I flashed back and remembered watching him and, w- and watching that particular game a decade ago. And it's it's kind of funny how people thought he might be like the next Drew Brees as a guy who doesn't have great size, doesn't have great arm strength, but was had a quick release, had a quick process about it. And I think that's what helps him as a backup. You know, he doesn't quite have that ability to be a game in, game out every week starter. But he does have the ability to be quick and efficient, and he has seen so much that I think he could be a good guy to have in that quarterback room just to kind of help be a player coach, you know, maybe help translate things that the coaches are saying or that he is seeing on tape and translate that to Jones. And as well, you know, if you need him, need a guy to come in and be a backup, we know Colt can do that. I think too, if we're if we're looking at this group of guys, this this group of players competing for this backup spot, I, if we're being honest here, I, I I don't know how you feel about this, Chris. I, th- I think Colt has to be the favorite to be this backup because he has played the most games out of all these guys, and we'll, we'll kind of get get onto this a little bit later on. But he's played the most games of out of all these guys. 
Uh, he's has more experience in the league. He's contributed. They know that if something happens to Daniel Jones, that they can put him out there and he can step in and play. Um, it, but again, just from the perspective of having somebody with veteran experience, Colt McCoy stand out stands out drastically more than anyone else on this list. And going right into our second player is someone who's only thrown three career passes. That's Cooper Rush, former Cowboys backup quarterback, drafted out of Central Michigan three years ago. He's only 26, so he'd be a very young backup. The positive that comes with that is that you could have him stick around for an extended period of time if he ends up being that backup quarterback, but you're not getting that same level of experience, uh, you know, time spent in the league as you would be with Colt McCoy. Yeah, yeah. That I, I think if we are looking for a primary backup, Colt McCoy has to be the front runner. Yeah, uh, Cooper Rush is interesting because he is under thirty. He's only twenty six. Yeah, you know, he could be a guy the Giants could look at it and de- say, you know, we like him. Maybe we will develop him as a long term backup, kind of a maybe a Nick Foles or Kevin Cobb type guy, where you know we don't want to see him on the field but if yeah they can develop him if he's got the the right mentality to be a backup you know maybe he and jones could develop together and kind of have like the golfer caddy type chemistry develop the other thing that cooper rush has going for him is that familiarity already with the offense um having spent some time running that before kellen moore took over with with running things and calling plays for the Dallas Cowboys, but he, he's also familiar with Jason Garrett. He, you know, uh, that that has to be the biggest thing going for him, and that honestly keeps him close in this this battle that has, hasn't even started yet. But that gives him an edge because he already knows how Jason Garrett works. He knows what he's looking for, and he he already is going to have an understanding of how this offense works. He has that rapport already built up, and I think that that already that's going to help him. That's going to help him. In a situation where you kind of need to know someone better than the other guy uh, in order to stick around. The, the next guy is a guy that has been with the Giants for a few seasons now. That's Alex Tanney. He was the incumbent third stringer. He stuck around as a backup for a few years. And he's 32 years old but has only been in the league uh, for four years. Um, so, he, you know, he hasn't been a consistent guy on on rosters but he's been with the Giants before. So that's the one thing that Tanny has going for him, that he is then familiar with being in New York. He's familiar with Dave Gettleman and all that. Yeah, uh, Tanny actually came into the league in 2012, but he's kind of bounced around, been on on practice squads, uh, you know, kind of been on um, couch reserve, if, if you want to think of it like that. Yeah, he has spent time with the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dallas Cowboys, so he does at least have some familiarity with Jason Garrett, the Cleveland Browns, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tennessee Titans, the Buffalo Bills, the Indianapolis Colts, the Titans again, and then he landed with the Giants back back in 2018, which has kind of become his uh, home. It's the longest he's been anywhere by, honestly, a lot. <laughs> So, you know, he is a guy that, at, at the very least, Dave Gettleman is familiar with. Um, some of the coaches who have stuck around, like uh, Tyke Tolbert, 
he knows them. He knows the Giants organization. And he is a guy that, that Daniel Jones and the Giants receivers and running backs, the ones that were here last year, they are familiar with him. So that I think is a point in his favor. And the fact that he did spend, well, about a month under Jason Garrett, he does at least have some exposure to the off to the new offense, to the new language being spoken. Last quarterback that's in this group is an intriguing one. That's Case Cookus, the undrafted free agent quarterback signed from Northern Arizona. FCS quarterback threw for a ton of yards in his time playing for the Lumberjacks and you probably haven't heard of Northern Arizona. You probably don't know much about their uh, the, the, their team or, or, or what he's done in college because he comes from a, a smaller background. But he was in the running for essentially the Heisman for the FCS level. That ended up going to Trey Lance, who's going to be a first-round selection in a year or two, depending on when he leaves. But still, Cookus was in that consideration because he was consistently over 4,000 yards in his time at Northern Arizona. Let's keep things simple here. I'm not going to go too crazy into it, but Case Cook is probably is not going to be considered to be the backup. He is brought in and going to be sticking around because he is a developmental player. He doesn't bring much to the table as as these other guys do for what I think the Giants want with a backup quarterback. But that being said, he does have good quality traits, an extra arm for camp, an extra body, a potential candidate for the practice squad for this Giants team. But Cookus, he's through for a ton of yards. He's got a lot of production to back it up in his time in college. Nothing too crazy in terms of being a quarterback prospect, but still a decent quality developmental player that's being added to the mix. Yeah, you know, I haven't watched a a lot of him in college. Yeah, I I don't concentrate on the FCS the way that you do because well, that's oh, that's where you were and that's something you're pretty steeped in. Yeah, I'm kind of looking at Case Cook as, as a practice squad guy. I don't think he's going to really be in the running for a roster spot. But I think it is possible that with some of the traits he does have, that he could impress the Giants enough that they decide to keep him around, stash him on the practice squad as another arm, another guy who can throw passes in practice, and you know maybe he does develop into something. Maybe he winds up beating out Cooper Rush if Cooper Rush sticks around next year. Maybe the Giants could look as look at Cookus as a guy who could be that long term backup, but. He's kind of a lottery ticket at this point. I think that's, that might be the fairest way to look at him. Yeah, and, and that's why I said I don't think he's really in that mix to be the backup. I don't, I don't think he's on the same level as some of these other guys, but he he's just an intriguing option. He's a guy that did a lot of really good stuff in college, and he could develop and stick around on the practice squad. But if we're just talking about what he does and what I saw from him on tape, he's a tall, lean quarterback, decent arm, very good at getting the ball out quickly and 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 getting the ball where it needs to be, but he does have some decision making issues, a tendency to not make the right reads, to lock onto a guy and just throw it wherever he thinks um, 
he he plans on throwing it before a play, and that led to a lot of mistakes, a lot of incompletions, interceptions, that kind of stuff. So he, he's got a lot of decision-making stuff that he needs to work on, but he has uh, some various traits that do make him an interesting option, which was probably why the Giants were willing to bring him in. We've got two more topics to discuss here, folks, but before we get on to that and wrap up today's show, we're going to take a really short commercial break. So one thing worth discussing here with the quarterback situation, and this is something that has to be considered every single year, is do you keep two quarterbacks or do you keep three? And are there any advantages to that? So for the Giants here, they've they've done both. We've seen them have two. We've seen them have three. They had three last year with Alex Tanney being the third guy but behind Jones and Manning. So then the real question is, should the Giants this upcoming season keep three and what would be the advantage to keeping three of those guys i think the advantage is having just a two experienced quarterbacks in the quarterback room yeah even if cooper uh, even if cooper rushes one of them and like we said in the first half he doesn't have a ton of experience he's only completed three passes in the nfl he still does have three years in the league and he does have that experience with jason garrett so having the extra the extra set of eyes, the those extra years of experience, having somebody who can translate the offense, that I think would help Daniel Jones's development and progression in this offense, as well as having the KG vet in either Alex Tanny or Colt McCoy. As for keeping two quarterbacks, the I think the advantage there is pretty obvious. You have a roster spot to use at another position. Teams only get so many of those roster spots. And the ones at the very end, they don't get talked about a lot, but it could be the difference between keeping a valuable special teams player or a guy you really liked what you saw from him in training camp or the preseason that you know, he's right on the roster bubble. You know, you just, you don't want to have to part with him, you know, even if you want to try to sneak him through to the practice squad, there's no, there are no promises that another team isn't going to put in a waiver claim and basically snatch him from you. Back in 2011, Victor Cruz was on the verge of getting cut, but the Giants had that extra roster spot available because they only had two quarterbacks. You know, they had Eli Manning and they had David Carr. So because they had that, they really only needed one backup because you can pretty much be pretty certain that Eli was going to start every game. And even though Carr wasn't a good starting quarterback, he was a good backup quarterback. So just having that extra roster spot, you never know when that's going to come in really handy. So I think the Giants are going to have to really come down and decide what is more valuable to, to them. That last roster spot or having another set of eyes, another brain in the quarterback room. And I think typically what it comes down to with deciding to go with two or three is just a matter of if you have more of a priority to keep a certain guy over someone else. Like if you need that extra offensive lineman, if you want depth at another position, kind of like you were talking about, if you want to keep one of those talented special teamers around, that kind of thing. I feel like this the, the third quarterback is always the – one of the first things that you you get rid of if you if you don't really if you're not really sold on on that third guy it's better just to st- keep somebody else around 
um, and go with and roll with two because in the event if someone gets hurt, that guy steps in and then you can just bring up someone else the following week. It's very, very rare. We've seen it happen, but it's very rare that uh, multiple quarterbacks will go down and then you have to resort to your next best option, which I, I don't know if you remember this or not, Chris, but the Jets had to use their punter as their starting quarterback at one point um, a few years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I do remember that. Or just... You know, look at the kinds of injuries the the Eagles went through last year, or basically the Giants went through every year from like 2010 until pretty much 2016. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's a matter if you have other position groups where you think that there's injury concerns for starters, you might be saying, "All right, it's better to keep around um, someone who we think that." might not has a potential to get hurt and that you need somebody to come uh you know p- play someone as, as a backup and keep keep an extra piece in case there are multiple injuries. So the last thing that uh, we're going to do on today's show and we're going to do on all these shows is talk about who goes home, who's getting sent home, who's going to get cut, who is not going to be on the roster. I think we can say pretty firmly as we talked about the whole show that Daniel Jones is a pretty much uh, the closest thing you can get to a lock <laughs> uh, for the uh, the quarterback position. Um, but in terms of these other players, Chris, who do you think is going to be the guys that, that get cut and that aren't going to be on this roster come week one? I have actually been trying to look back through the years and just, just to get a sense of how many backup quarterbacks that Jason Garrett likes to keep on hand. You know, West Coast guys like... Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, they tend to like having three quarterbacks. Just if one goes down, you've got your primary backup, and you still have some depth behind him. You have those extra eyes, ex- that extra experience in the quarterback room. You know, I think Colt McCoy, he probably could be considered a lock. And I think it will come down to whether or not the Giants, or yeah, whether or not the Giants want to try to develop Cooper Rush or if they want to keep Alex Tanney because I think I think I think they're going to stick with three just because of how how novel this offseason has been I think they're going to want to surround Jones with as much knowledge and experience as they can so I think they're going to keep three backups I'm just not sure if the second backup is going to be Cooper Rush or Alex Tanney and as I said before, I think Case Cook, Case Cookus goes to the practice squad. I think we can pretty much at least pencil that in. That that has to be another lock here. I, I don't see Case Cookus finding his way beating out some of these other guys because of all the things that they're bringing to the table and what the Giants need in a quarterback room dynamic. So Cookus, it's not the end of the world if he is a practice squad guy. They probably most likely brought him in to have an extra arm for training camp, and so they have that fifth head, uh, and they're getting that with a talented, promising, developmental, undrafted player. I I think, though, if we're being realistic here, I think that it's got to be Cooper Rush has to be one of these cuts just considering that Colt McCoy, I think, is is probably the second closest lock, in in my opinion, to being um, sticking around in this in this quarterback room. He, he's got too much going for him. I mean, the fact that he's been in the league for as long as he has, the fact that he's played multiple games that you know you can go out there, put him out there, and get a good starter. 
is is, is very very big on why he 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 should be sticking around. He's exactly what they need in a backup quarterback now that there is no Eli Manning. Additionally, though, Alex Tanney has to be the one wild card because, like you were talking about, depending on what Jason Garrett prefers and Joe Judge prefers and, and what he has done in the past in terms of keeping two or three guys. Do they go off of that? Do they go off of Gettleman, who's kept three guys around and that type of a philosophy? And Tanny seems to, even though he's not the most talented guy, you know, even though we thought that, and I also thought that Kyle Laletta did better than him in the preseason, especially um, at the very end in that last game, Tanny still ended up sticking around because of his personality, what he brings to that that quarterback room, the the impact he has, and a lot. I th- we've said it multiple times. It seems like that he's considered to be somewhat of a, a player coach because of his impact. He's not really being kept around because of his quarterback talent, but but rather uh, for what he does in the quarterback room. Yeah, I, I think that really is the primary uh, benefit to Alex Tanney, the fact that he he is an experienced backup. He knows how to exist in a quarterback room as the backup, as the guy who is holding the clipboard, talking to the starter, helping helping the starter see things he might have missed. And really, I think being able to do that and still being able to prepare as though you might have to go in, you never know when you're going to have to go in. You know, that, I think, is kind of an uncommon skill set. And you know, there are a lot of teams that are currently really prioritizing the backup quarterback position and again you know that the eagles are one of them and it happened to win them a super bowl all right that's going to be it from us us folks thank you for tuning in as always to the chris and joe show be sure to rate and subscribe and let us know what you think of the show uh in the comments and the reviews and give us a rating on your thoughts also go follow us on social media at big blue view you can follow me at joe DeLeon. And you can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. We're going to continue on next week with more of these position group breakdowns. We're also going to have some additional fun topics to discuss throughout this offseason.